God's Word calms the raging seas in our lives. When He speaks the words, all of creation listens. There used to be a commercial out years ago, and it went something like this. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. You remember that? Years ago. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. And as far as I can remember, they were some sort of financial ad- advisory or investment group sort of thing. And, but it was saying that when they speak, they speak words of wisdom, basically, you know, about financial planning and these things. And so when E.F. Hutton talks, well, people perk up and they listen. When the Lord speaks, people listen. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. Let's read this together. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering. Now let's just take this scripture here for a moment and pause there. Now a centurion was a Roman soldier that was in charge of many other soldiers, about a hundred maybe, okay? And that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot of responsibility, okay? And so this Roman soldier, now mind you that the Jews were under the authority of the Romans, okay, who were in control of the land at that time. And they were brutal people, brutal, okay? Hence, crucifixions and the like, all right? And militarily, they were a force to be reckoned with. And so the fact that this centurion came to Jesus at all is really something to take notice of, okay? So this man is humbling himself, and he's coming to Jesus, all right? So if there were slaves and masters, the Jews would be the slaves, the Romans would be the masters, okay? Just to put things in perspective a little bit. And so one of the master's men is going to one of the slave's men. And so you see the humility that is coming there, okay? But he, he, he recognized there was something special in Jesus. He recognized that this Jesus, he may not have understood all about Jesus, but he knew that there was something, there was power when Jesus spoke. There was power wherever Jesus went, there was things happening. And he recognized it as a Roman soldier, a man under authority. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, okay, another thing. He greets him as Lord. That in itself says something. Lord, (laughs) okay, do you see that? Do you see the humility? Do you see that he is recognizing Jesus as something someone that is in spiritual authority, okay? Lord, he says, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Now, back in those days, the servants 
were very much a part of the families. Very much a part. They were cherished as much as children were cherished. And they, though their role was a little bit different in the family, they were welcomed as family. And so there was a lot of love from the master to the servant in many cases. Okay? And so he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Or in some version, I'll come and heal him. Basically, he said, so I'll come to your house, the house of what? A Roman, a centurion, and I'll, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. So Jesus, knowing that he, uh, according to law, should not be going into the house of this man, okay, because he's basically a sinner, he's a Gentile, he's a, okay, he's not a Jew, and so it was unlawful for him, as it was for Peter, to enter uh, the house, all right, of this other guy. The, um, so Jesus offers, I'll come to your house. I'll come to your house, and I'll heal your servant. And how does the centurion respond? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. I don't deserve to have you in my house. I'm a sinful man. Do you see that recognition? I don't des- I'm sinful, and I know it. You are holy. You are special. You are the Lord. I don't deserve to have you in my house. And here's, here is the crux of the whole passage. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Say the word, okay? He's saying, I recognize that you are in authority, and that what you say goes. And he says, I am a man under authority, and I have people under authority, under my authority. But he says to him, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Do you see the faith that is in that? This from a Roman centurion. He says to Jesus, just don't, I don't deserve to have you in my house, but if you from right here will just speak the word, say the word, and my servant will be healed. That is faith, friends. That's faith, friends. And he goes on, he says, For I myself am a man under authority, okay, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Why? Because I say the word, and I have the authority. I recognize that authority in you. So all all that you need to do is to say the word, and my servant will be healed. Wow. Wow, that is impressive. When Jesus heard this, verse 10, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And here he is, a Roman centurion. Now, this was not only speaking to Romans or others around. This was speaking 
to Jewish people as well. Okay? Because Jesus spoke and he says, I have not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. Basically saying, even the Jewish people don't believe like this. They don't have that kind of faith. But here's this Roman, Roman, and he believes the way God is looking for people to believe. Wow. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And there's that phrase again. We've been talking about that the last few weeks, the kingdom of heaven, right? But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The subjects of the kingdom, the ones who are supposed to be believing like this guy, are going to be thrown out. Why? Because they don't believe. They don't believe. The ones who are supposed to be doing the believing don't believe at all. These people are going to be thrown out of the kingdom. And those that believe will be welcomed. Hmm. Remember the scripture that we talked about last week. It says, to them who received him, to those that believed, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children of God. Have you received him? Do you believe? Do you believe? Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done. Listen now, just as you believed it would. Go. Okay. If you're going to believe like that, I'm proud of you. I wish the others would believe like you. All right. You go home. When you get there, your servant's going to be well. It's going to be just as you believed that it would. Hmm. Wow. That is powerful, friends. And Jesus said, There's, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel, of all of the Sadducees and Pharisees and all of these people that are supposed to be great in the eyes of religion, yet none of them believes. And here is this sinner who is believing. Do you remember the story that Jesus told about the two people, the two men that went to the temple? And the one would not even approach, would not lift his head up, right? And the other one was very proud when he approached the temple. And he says, Lord, thank you that I am not like these other people, these sinners, these tax collectors and so on and so forth. Thank you that I'm not like that. Thank you that I give a tenth of all I have, all of my income and my, my spices and all of these great things, you know, that are worth lots of money. And he's, he's showing God how important he is, right? Right? Thank you, God, that I'm not like this sinner over here. And here's this man, this sinner, this tax collector, 
And he's, he's on his face before God, and he, he's just beating his chest, and he says, God, just forgive me. Have mercy on me. Why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And Jesus said to the people there, who went away justified? The man who cried out to God. The man who cried out for mercy. The man who recognized he was a sinner. Down in verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with what? With a word. Some versions it says, a simple word. He drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. All those that had, were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus. Why? Because of his authority. Because when he spoke, things happened. And so people began to bring all those that were demon-possessed and, and sick. And Jesus, with a word. Not a prayer, a word. Sometimes that we we think because we have to pray longer regarding the situation. It's not about the length of the prayer. It's not how smoothly the prayer flows. It's not how loud you can pray. It's about the faith behind the prayer. (laughs) It's the faith behind the prayer. It's the faith that is in (laughs) the power source. Yeah? It's the faith in the power source. Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. Mm, That's where the power is, friends. Psalm chapter 33 Verse 9, turn there with me. Now, just, I wanted to reference some places in the Bible that talked about Jesus. And when he spoke, and God, when he spoke, and the Almighty and the power that was there when he spoke. Psalm chapter 33, verse 9 says, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. When God speaks, people listen. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 3, are you with me this morning? God is speaking to us today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at what? God's command. God spoke it. 
He spoke with authority so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. God spoke these things into being at his command, at his authority. He spoke and things happened. If we, let's just turn to Genesis chapter 1. If you read through Genesis chapter 1, the creation of the world was at the response of God's command. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. We don't know anything else, right? There's either light or there's darkness, or there's a a shift from one into the other. And here he's saying God created the light, and he separated it from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning. Equal sign, the first day. And God said, let there be a a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. So now he's taking and separate. God's doing some separating stuff here at his command. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning. Equal sign. Day two, second day. And God said, let there be water under the sky, be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. So there was water over everything, and God gathered it together and made dry ground appear. And it was so, God called the dry ground land. And he gathered the waters, and those he called seas. God saw that it was good. And he said, let the land, notice, and he said, so he's speaking these things into being through things that he has created always, okay? He's creating through, causing things to happen through things that he has created, okay? Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, Plants bearing seed according to their kinds. Trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was what? Good. And there was evening and there was morning. Day three. And God said in verse 14, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky. Some versions may say something different. What does it say here? Uh, Expanse, yes. Okay, so basically a space. Let there be lights in the space or vault of the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Now, what do they look at? They look at the sky, don't they? They look at the stars. 
And by the stars, they navigate, all right? They judge the times, seasons, all right? Um, Verse 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, which would be what? The sun, and the lesser light to govern the night, which would be? the moon, and he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate lights from darkness. God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning. Day four. Verse 20, let the water team, God said, by the way, Let the water team with living creatures, let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds. Every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was morning and there was evening. The fifth day. And God said, verse 24, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Let us make apes in our like... No, it does not say that. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. What do you think it says to God when we say, people say that we come from apes? That, what a slap in the face. What a slap in the face that is. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food, and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he he did what? He rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy 
because on the day, on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God spoke the universe into existence. I was watching a program the other day about the Hubble telescope and these new telescopes that they, they're making so much more powerful. And they're finding galaxies within galaxies within galaxies that we've never, ever seen before. And so we're finding out that this great galaxy that we're living in, we're like this much. But everything we know is so huge to us on this little tiny planet that we're in that is only this much of this vast universe. And God created it all. He spoke it into existence. He put the earth at the perfect amount of space from the sun so that the sun would not burn us alive. And he put us at the correct amount from the sun so that we would not freeze to death. Thought about that? God spoke. When God speaks, things happen. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Say with me, speak the word. Speak the word. Let's say that three times together. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. When you are in trouble, cry out to God. Speak the word. Speak the word. Mark chapter 4. When I was in Israel, we took a boat from Capernaum. This was the area where Jesus lived most of his life. And we went across to where they found Jesus on the seashore cooking fish. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And out in the middle of this big lake, we stopped. And there was no, no talking. It was dead silent. Because it was here at this very location that a few things happened. One of which was what we're going to read about right now. Chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were others, there were other boats also with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was near, nearly swamped. So the, the boats back then, these fishing vessels, were roughly 18 to 25 feet long. The sides were very low because they were used as fishing vessels and they needed to reach over the side to be pulling up the nets and so on and so forth, okay? And so when they got out into deep waters and storms came up and they kicked up the waves, it was very easy for these waves to come right over the boat and start filling it up, okay? And so all these men were with Jesus, and they're in this boat, and a huge, nasty squall comes up, okay? And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Now, in these boats, there's no under part. Everything is exposed, okay? It was not like Jonah, where he went down, okay? This is a different story. This, this boat is smaller and could fit six or so people. It might have been more, okay? And so, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So, now the waves would have been crashing over the sides of this boat. Jesus is kind of uh, in a place where he's not necessarily being touched by the waves that are coming over. And so he's, he's resting. He's sleeping. Everybody else is freaking out. Okay? And so they, go, they wake him up. Jesus, come on. There's a storm going on. Don't you care if we die? Don't you care if we drowned? And he got up, and what did he do? <laughs> he spoke. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Be still, he says. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. So they woke Jesus up, who is sleeping in the middle of this great squall. Everybody else is fearing for their lives. They wake Jesus up. Don't you care if we drown? Jesus gets up and he speaks. He speaks to what? He speaks to, the, to his creations. He speaks to it. He says, hey, I'm in charge here. Be quiet. Be still. <laughs> and notice the exclamation point, right? He didn't say, quiet down. Be nice. Quiet. Be still. He spoke with authority. <laughs> Jesus speaks with authority. Mm. quiet be still do you know that christ the lord can calm the storms in your life do you know that he is in charge do you know that he is the rock on which we rely we can trust in him we can rely on him we can be safe even in the midst of the storm and we can rest knowing that he is the one that is in charge. Does that speak to your soul today? I hope that, that that gets right into the meat of your soul today. And I hope that it speaks to your spirit. I hope that it dispels all of the darkness that you may be fearing this morning. I pray that it dispels all of the fear that you may be encountering I pray that it dispels all of the doubt and that you will believe. Be still. <laughs> and they're like, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? In verse 40, it says, 
Why are you so afraid? Do you still, after all the things that we have done together, all the things that you've seen, do you still not believe? Are you still doubting? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You're, you know better than that. Come on. You really think you're going to die and I'm right here with you? Really? Come on, guys. Then he rebukes the wind and the waves. Be quiet. Be still. Authority. The authority. I wonder what things in your life do you need God to speak to? Would you stand with me today? I wonder what circumstances are in your life that you need God to speak a word. Maybe you're in the middle of a business transaction and you need for God to speak a word. Maybe you're in financial situation that you can't get out of and you need for God to speak a word. Maybe you're in a, a physical situation. Maybe there's disease or hurt or suffering involved in your body and you need for God to speak a word. Maybe your family is in a difficult situation and you need for God to speak a word. Maybe you need guidance and you need for God to speak a word. I want to tell you something. And I want, to, I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you. God wants to speak a word in your life. But he's waiting for you to ask him and he's waiting for you to trust him. I'm not saying that, and I won't say this, you don't need to come to God having fixed yourself up and looking prim and proper. Come to him as you are. You come to him, you trust him, and you ask. The Bible says you have not. Why? Because you ask not. You don't have because you haven't been asking. Ask. Ask away. What do you need God to speak a word into your life about today? What do you need to trust him for today? We're going to sing a song here, and I'm, I'm going to trust. I'm challenging you to come forward and do business right here with God. I promise you we won't leave you alone. You won't be there by yourself. We'll meet you where you are, and so will God. As we sing this song... Make a move. Respond in faith. Trust God and ask him to speak into that situation in your life. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. 
before you today. Father, I pray for each and every one of these people that have come forward. God, you know each and every need that they have today. We don't need to fill you in on all the details. You are well aware of what is going on in their lives today. Lord, I just, I pray for them. I pray that you would meet their needs, oh God. I pray that you would intervene in the situation. I pray that you would speak your word into their lives. And whatever it is that they are crying out to you for today, that you would meet that need according to your riches and glory, as your word says. I pray that you would calm the storms in their lives. I pray that you would speak with authority into their lives, oh God. That you would help them to believe. Give them peace, Lord. May they rest in you. And Lord, as you said to the people that were in that boat with you, do you still not believe? You have little faith. In a sense, saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Only believe. Only trust. Let him speak his word into your life today. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person that is here. Thank you for the move of your spirit here amongst us, Lord. And as it says in your word that where two or more are gathered together in my name, that I am there in the midst. And we know that you're here today. Go with us, Heavenly Father, as we leave this place. May your light shine through our lives. And may we represent you well to this world in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you guys next week.